So hi, this podcast is recorded in a house with animals, and the dogs are pretty restless today, so um, you can expect that. I don't think there are any cats in here, but the dogs are just like going nuts this morning. Also, I should mention that this podcast is marked explicit because we use a lot of language. I can't mark it as anything but explicit on iTunes, so we're not going to delve into anything that is considered, you know, naughty or of that nature. But just be aware, we like to say fuck a lot, and that's why it's marked explicit. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 32. I am still in the job gap. Tomorrow is my, well, I guess today when you're hearing this is my first day at the new job, and the last five days have been just phenomenal. I've slept late, I've spent time with my chickens and my dogs and my cats and just goofing on the internet and trying really hard not to have to shower and leave the house and failed miserably at that, but a lot of it has just been getting the other job out of my system. And moving on towards getting things ready for the new one, like cleaning off my desk, getting all the hookups ready for my new work laptop, all that stuff. I've also been doing uh, interviews, like getting a little bit of a a buffer of interviews, and we're going to have some fun with those in February. And I guess this episode is airing on February 1st, so we're going to start that off. See, you can hear the dogs in the background just, just doing whatever it is the dogs are doing, probably playing Bite Your Face. So... Ursula is still on tour, so we don't have any updates from the Wombat test subject, and I am preparing my talk for Open Source 101 in Raleigh on February 17th. Those are pretty much the upcoming events, and we'll talk a little bit more about that next week when we do our letters show. In the meantime, I spent some time talking to Lilith St. Crow. It is an absolutely fascinating interview, and we had a lot of fun, so I'm just going to go straight to that, and I hope you all enjoy it. Hi folks, this week I get to sit down with author Lilith St. Clair. I am so thrilled to have her on the line with us this week, and so we're going to find out how Lilith keeps herself organized. Um, Can you tell the people a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself, and what it is you do? Uh, Hello, I'm Lily St. Crow. I write books. Oh shit, time out. I fucked up your name. That's all right. No, it's not. Everybody does. <laughs> Everybody does. local color. <laughs> <clears throat> all right, then we'll start from you with uh, I'm, yeah, we'll edit all this out. <laughs> you don't have to. Oh, no, I do because I'm embarrassing myself now. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. So if you embarrass me, it's fine. So, okay, I, I see you've grabbed the vulture. It's serious time now. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> Uh, so I, I just introduced myself again. Yes! <laughs> right. <clears throat> Hello, I'm Lily St. Crow, and I write books. I have been doing it for 
well over a decade now. I have many on the shelf, but that does not stop uh, men, especially in on social media, telling me how publishing works. Mm. Um, <laughs> I am thrilled to be here today. I don't often do interviews, but uh, I... I I like the chicken stories, so I agree to yes <laughs> on this one. Okay, that's, you know, I, I have, there are worse reasons for people to talk to me. I mean, I love my chickens, so, um, hey, I'll take well, what I can get. Know, there can't be anything wrong with a man who loves chickens. I'll take it, absolutely. Um, you saw that episode of South Park, right? No, I stopped watching South Park way back when. Well, this was second season. Second God. season is the only season. See, I watched, I don't remember second season, but I watched it. It was the bookmobile and the, the bookmobile fellow who decided to spur interest in reading um, by loving chickens. Oh, yeah, yes. no. I think I think the thing is that that was um, was that the season they introduced Mr. Hankey, and the moment Mr. Hankey came out, like a lot of things just blotted out of my mind about. No, no. no? Uh, okay. I think Mr. Hankey was later. I think okay. he was later. This is the uh, the the chicken fucker episode, and Officer Bar Brady learning to read, and then. Okay, I remember that part. It, it holds a special place in my heart because at the very end, um, Officer Bar Brady says that he read Atlas Shrugged and said, and I read every <laughs> word of this piece of shit you toss in it. The reading sucks. And having been a longtime hater of Anne Rand, oh, I, yeah. uh, yes. So the chicken fucker episode lives in, not that I think that your love with your chickens is anything but platonic. Completely um, platonic. There's, there's no, no. Mm -mm. But I, I still think that a man who loves chickens can't do any wrong. Okay then. <laughs> I can see that where this. I no, that's okay. I can see where this one's gonna go now. Maybe I will leave the the other stuff in. Um, <laughs> how do you keep yourself organized? That's the first question. Well, second oh. question, I guess. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, I write lists. Mm -hmm. I write on post its. Um, I stick post its everywhere. I talk to the dogs. Um. I, my phone, my phone, uh, I refer to it as my tiny digital overlord because it, it holds my um, calendar and everything. And it reminds me when I'm supposed to do things. Like, for example, it reminded me about 20 minutes ago, you know, it said, go to the loo interview. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I went to there, I got myself a cup of tea, mm -hmm. tried to lock the dogs out of my office, but that did not work. So I they're know. in staring reproachfully at me i i have um, the same problem with the dogs and the cats yeah yeah so if you hear snoring it's it's odd trundles the bulldog oh God. bulldogs and hounds i'm finding snore like nobody's business from both ends yeah it's all the air they gulp i'm guessing i'm guessing but organizing myself i was always told growing up that that i was the artistic type with my head in the clouds and i would never really amount to anything so very early on i started to try and game myself into organization you know you have to to trick yourself into doing these things um like stephen king memorably says when he's when he's talking about richie tozier and it you find the wild man that's fucking up your life the inner wild man and you put the traces on him and put him to plow because he works like a motherfucker once you get him there uh, yes i am assuming that that 
it's okay to drop the F-bomb, oh, which I do. God, yes. There, we, we, yeah. we put a warning at the very beginning of the episode to say that we like to swear a lot, particularly the word fuck. So it's okay. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, We're all good. Yeah, uh, Ursula is the one who's like to say, yes, I have a muse, and I have hitched it to the wagon, and I am making it work. Thank you very much. Yeah. 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 I there is no other option, especially when you have a, uh, a husband who does not want to work and two toddlers to provide for, mm -hmm. which is how I started, you know, making a living in writing. Mm -hmm. uh, stopping was not an option. And in order to keep going, I had to become relatively organized. So right. I, I suppose I am relatively organized. I know where every book on my shelves is. See, you're ahead of me. Um <laughs> But uh, then again, we like to browse, so it's a little more haphazard mm -hmm. than, like, my inner OCD would like. My inner librarian would like to have everything organized by topic and by name and by, you know, and it just doesn't work outside of this room, the, yeah. the, my office, so. Well, I like my reference books, um, which are just what you can see behind me here. Mm -hmm. um, I like those in a certain apple pie order and the rest are done in what we referred to at the bookstore as scratchy blankets order. Um, scratchy blankets are those books that you don't quite know where to put them, but you know that if you get them in front of everybody, somebody will pick them up and buy them. They're just that weird. Yeah. yeah. So we, we start referring to it as scratchy blanket order because, um, <laughs> I know where things are and they make a tickle in my hands when I reach for them. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Um, I, the, the most I've been able to do is I've been able to get all of the Pratchett in one location. It's taking about three shelves. But, that is a considerable achievement. Yes, but gathering them up from all the different parts of the house and getting them into that one place. And then we had our, our, our big dedupe where uh, that may be the biggest sign of commitment prior to marriage we ever did was where we sat down and we said, okay, my copy of Tail Chaser's Song is more more worn out than your copy of Tail Chaser's Song. Which one do we keep? That is true love. I know. Well, yeah, I would I not... I never let any of my exes touch my books, ever. Yeah. Maybe that's where the relationship's founded. I was going to say, I, I the one duplicate I think we kept was I have a British edition of Monstrous Regiment. So mm -hmm. that one was like, okay, we have an American and... A, a UK edition, so we're just gonna we're gonna keep those two, but the rest, yeah, we'll work out. It's <clears throat> there, there are certain books that I have several copies of because I like to give them out, or whenever I see it, I buy it just on principle. <laughs> <laughs> I I will admit to having bought every. I have my original copy because mine was in slightly better condition of Tail Chaser's <laughs> Song, and then I bought it mm -hmm. on iPad on iBooks when I got an iPad. Then I bought it again on Kindle when I got a Kindle. Because mm -hmm. that's that's like my comfort read. Tail Chaser is my comfort read, which is, mm -hmm. you know, and I think the comfort read books are the ones that that cycle through a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have uh, I have several copies of Jane Eyre. I uh, I can't pass up a, a different edition of Jane Eyre, and that's one of my comfort reads. Ah, nice. And now we're completely off sideways, but that's okay. Um, that tends to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so thinking about all that, what habits or systems are important to you? Obviously, book organization. Yes. Yes. Very, very. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I worked in libraries whenever I could. I volunteered. Um, I worked my very first job, um, my real adult job after I was uh, kicked out of my house at a, a young age. Well, not a young age, but... Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, my first grown-up job was in a used bookstore. So, you know, genre, title, mm -hmm. author, all that. Right. Um, 
I just com lost complete track of what I was saying. I'm sorry. It's the cold meds. That's all right. That's all right. We were I'm fighting off the flu. <laughs> yeah. We're um we're uh, we're on um uh, habits or systems are important to you. Ah. Right. Habits and systems that are important to me. I'm sorry to take a bare time, I'm thinking. It's fine. Uh, you know what I like about doing this is that everybody thinks differently, everybody decides differently, and I love being able to share that with all of the listeners. So if you need mm -hmm. to take a little time, take a little time. I can fill it by humming or, or background music, or you know, I could do a little dance on the video that the people can't see. Macarena, um, yeah. yeah. Well, coffee is the first habit. Without coffee, nothing else happens. That's, yes. Um, <laughs> um, being comfortable wherever you are mm -hmm. is another habit that I like. Um, organizing, don't just put something down, put it away. Um, I have a, a, a flat surface um, obsession. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, two toddlers yeah. in the house yeah. and things got stacked things got stacked everywhere and things are still stacked everywhere now but not the bills and whatever so don't mm -hmm. put it down put it away yes um and on my phone i have uh, i have reminders every month monday wednesday and friday for 10 minutes of filing and i hate it but it's swallowing my toad for the day and then after <laughs> i do that i reward myself that's another good habit to get mm -hmm. into you have to reward yourself when you do something like this yes um one thing that I think a lot of people don't <clears throat> don't spend enough time on is actually thinking about the habits they want versus the habits that they have. Um, habits referred to, uh, oh, one of the philosophers, Epictetus or Marcus Aurelius, uh, I'm not sure. Can't quite remember, but... yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It bothers me when I can't source a quotation. But anyway, this, this long ago dead Greek man or Roman <laughs> said, um, habit is the best of slaves, but the worst of masters. So if you have, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's easy to get yourself into a habit. It's not quite optimal. So every once in a while, you have to sit and look at the things that you're doing and then decide what you want, which is related in my head to the concept of uh, beware what mask you wear that mm -hmm you will become so right. what you spend your time doing habitually is what you become um i think a lot of people don't take a very proactive stance in that i think they just sort of fall into it um yep. the biggest habit of course is write every day mm -hmm. write every day you have five or ten minutes for 200 words write every single day and it's not the word count that matters it's the discipline to force yourself into sitting down and doing this making a priority mm -hmm. um, you really have to figure out where your priorities are and if you're lucky you're presented with an existential survival situation <laughs> where you have to develop a good habit right. so I mean, there's there's just no choice so it, i got organized and started making a living publishing um almost by default because i defeat was not an option yeah yeah and there's there's the all the studies that all come down to it takes 21 days to intentionally build a habit Mm -hmm. but three days to lose it so yeah. when you have those good habits you also have to think about um uh maintenance of them so you don't lose them mm-hmm uh, which is why well, I'm constantly falling off and going back on the using a planner wagon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, planners are great. Yeah. I I 
bought many of them and used <laughs> only a fraction. <laughs> you know, post-it notes and index cards. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I tried doing grocery lists on my phone, but often I, I just need to write things down to make them stick. Um, there are other things that that have to go on my phone, like, hey, idiot, you've got an interview, go to the loose. You're not sitting there crossing, <laughs> you're recrossing your legs and saying, ah, uh, and staring off <laughs> the distance a lot. Yes, yes. And uh, well, then there's the there were studies uh, like when I was a kid and they were like, no, 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 no. And they were trying to teach me to study. They're like, you have to take notes. You have to take written notes, because if you write it down, you're more likely to remember the act of writing it down sort of all for a lot of people. I'm not saying everybody, but for a lot of people, I'm, I guess I'm one of them kind of engraves it in your brain for mm-hmm. a while. I think the physical movement of the pen on the paper helps. There was mm-hmm. a, a study, you know, in Japan. Um, they have the the trains, the really super fast trains, oh, yeah. and they have things that the conductors do every time they pull into a station, every time before they leave, and there are physical cues. I mean, you will see, and, mm-hmm. and my hands are waving. I'm sure these are not the motions, but they do actual <laughs> physical motions each time and every time. And the really interesting thing is um, when they do these things, accidents and user error go down which is a really great thing when you're dealing with hurtling bullets and full of people (laughs) across the landscape culturally the conformity and that everybody's expected to do that Mm -hmm. is so powerful that it acted as a um you know a stop and think deterrent reminded everybody of safety each and Mm -hmm. every time Mm -hmm. they tried to do this in the u.s and it kind of didn't translate well when they could get the people to do it over and over again right uh, it worked Mm -hmm. but there's not the cultural conformity that that provides a good base for those habits so you know as soon as it started slipping the Mm -hmm. accident rates started crawling back up again and that fascinates me (laughs) that absolutely fascinates me yeah well i guess there's a um in a culture where ritual is very significant and which is something that I'm not going to say we've lost in the U.S. I think our rituals take on a different meaning and significance. But in some place like Japan or like uh, China or, or places that have a, a very deep ritualistic tradition around, you know, just daily lives, it mm-hmm. certainly makes for a different impact in how people think about or how people learn those things they're like it it there's almost like they're pre-trained to be able to go through these motions because and think about it because that's almost a mindfulness practice they learn from very early on i would argue that we are just as ritualistic Mm -hmm. um, especially americans but our rituals are aimed more individually rather than collectively okay um I think you're, yeah, yeah, that's uh, very true, very true. So there, there's, there is that cultural aspect in that there's much more of a collective sort of ritual versus our much mm-hmm. more individual. Okay, yes. And on the other hand, there are significant exceptions, like for example, American football. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you can't, you cannot tell me that is not a ritual. That is uh, what church or the arena used to be for a lot of people (laughs) you know there's there's blood there's injury there's Mm -hmm. gladiators there's uh, being caught up in the crowd Mm -hmm. um yeah people go to these things to it's not quite a dionysian 
release, but it can certainly be a backup one. <laughs> yes, I'm I'm a, a, a hockey fan, and I will occasionally go to the uh, local NHL games, which is. Is a, it true that you you go to fights and hockey games break out? It is much less true now than it was 20 years ago, and <laughs> the mistake I made was, it was a rough night the first hockey game I took Ursula to, and that was one of those it's a fight and a hockey game broke out kind of nights. And now she she's like, this is boring. When are they going to punch each other? <laughs> I love Ursula. <laughs> and, this would be my reaction, too. Yeah, and I'm like, no, that that's the rarity. It's not like back in, you know, the early days when this was an excuse to drink beer and just punch each other on the ice. It's, you know. Well, I mean, you, you can just go down the street if you live anywhere. <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially with the snow on the ground here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I miss snow. I'm over in the Pacific Northwest, and we don't get it very often. We get it just enough that, that I can say, oh, I miss snow. And, of course, nobody here knows how to drive no, when it hits. No. And there's no infrastructure to deal with it. So the mm -hmm. entire city grind, grinds to a halt. It's amazing. Yeah, we were in we were in Seattle for the blizzard of 2012 in January oh, 2012. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. and um, I was I like, wow, we are so prepared in North Carolina for this. This is amazing. <laughs> North Carolina gets mm -hmm. snow regularly enough to be prepared? We do now. We didn't when oh, I was growing oh. up. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Ah, yes. Yeah. So. Uh, we, we got mm, off topic again. What that's was it? fine. Uh, we were talking about habits or systems that are important to you. And we talked about um, building habits. And we talked about the train ah. rituals in Japan and how that compares to okay. Americans. And, getting, yeah. getting into the habit of taking a look at your habits mm -hmm. and keeping the ones that you want and discarding the ones that, that are not quite optimal is something that I think people should do at least once a month. Put it on your calendar. Have have a, a notification flash up on your phone. Put it on a post-it. I mean, you can't see my desktop, but it's festooned with post-it notes all around <laughs> it. And, and you know, it's it's a nice frame mm -hmm. to look at because everywhere my eyes wander, there's there's a reminder that you know I should be getting back to work and. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I, I I did that. I've done that at a couple jobs. At now that I work from home all the time, and I have basically I have stacks of notebook and paper everywhere. I mean, you can't really see, but there's paper and post-its up here behind the camera are like a whole bunch of half-used moleskins um oh i yeah. love moleskins can we have a moment for moleskins yeah. oh man they're good a, a good a good fountain pen on a moleskin is heaven oh yes, yes it is but um now i've now i've got this planner that i can take notes in and just is that a circus that a levenger circus um it started as a um arc from uh, Staples, which uses the exact same yeah. discs. Um, really? But yeah, but now it's got, and uh, Office Max's Tool, T-U-L, uh, uses the <laughs> same discs. So it started as a circle. Oh, I like the pens. Yeah. It, it started as a circle, but it's got a tool leather cover on it, and then I've got oh. I've got dividers and different things from, from Lavenger and from, you know, it's like, I get the best of mix and match. You pull that out and I'm immediately like, that's a Levenger, isn't it? Yeah. I'm like shifting in my seat going like, oh yeah, that's the good that's stuff. The, yeah. Like when their catalog comes, it's like, oh. leave that alone, kids. Mom's going to page through that by herself. That's right. That is that is my organization porn. Every time it comes in, it's like, ooh, oh, yes. what's the new pen? What's the new pen? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Well, their true rider pen's are really good. I really like the, the nib. Um, oh, yeah? You can change the nibs out with just no oh. problem at all. And I know that they're kind of sneered at mm -hmm. by, by true fountain pen people, but I love them. I am happy to use a um, Pilot Varsity, the disposable Ooh. one with the Pilot nib mm -hmm. on it, though, because Pilot makes amazing nibs, even the on the cheap pennies so it's like yeah okay yeah. i'll use the i'll use i'll use the varsity yeah it's gonna run out of ink i can't refill it i'm gonna toss it i'm gonna get another one mm -hmm. right um this is uh what is this one this one's a lammy oh you can't see it i have Ooh, to hold nice. it up yeah yeah. Well, yeah you have to hold it up and it's kind of grainy but yeah oh oh can you can you can you show me the nib on that i can show you the nib on that yeah you see the nib on that? Oh, that's nice. It's a little grainy, but oh, that is nice. Yeah. And, and this is, this is their really, this is not very expensive and I love their ink. Right. Oh, okay. I, I'm going to okay, show okay. you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody at home, I'm really sorry, but we got to geek out for a minute. It's. <laughs> <laughs> so, mm -hmm. leather. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, that's nice. Look at that. Yeah. Made by, where is her card? Mm -hmm. A, a lovely young lady who um, met her at a Christmas bazaar, and mm -hmm. uh, she does leather work. She moved from Colorado. Oh, okay. Uh, at a whim, and uh, <laughs> oh, her card escapes me right now. But oh, she she had these beautiful, beautiful journals, and then she had a, a pen holster. It's like a a rollout pen oh. holster, which is what I just waved in oh, front yeah. of. Oh yeah. Well, that's the thing is. Um, have you used the Palomino? Oh, look at you! Is yours camo? No, no, no! It's oiled. It's it's oiled um, uh, um, canvas. Oh, nice! And Good it's choice. and it's and it's it's by Palomino, the people who make. Look at this! Look at this! And it folds open, and ah! so it makes. Uh, and it's it's designed around um, the uh, yeah the the Palomino. What is this? This is uh, yeah the Palomino Blackwing pencils, right? Nice. But it's got this this extra pocket right here for you to put a little journal in. Like I've put a little. And then a spot specifically here for the pencil sharpener. So <laughs> very important. This is this is what we geek out about, folks. This is why Ursula is not allowed to take me into <laughs> Office Max or Michaels or Staples without an escort, because I oh, will go to the Michael. pen section and yeah, she left me alone at AC Moore and the uh, and I found their complete oh, line gosh. of Le Pens, and so now I have like a rainbow assortment of Le Pens. <laughs> Yeah, one of my uh, one of my friends, Josh Carter, is uh, an illustrator. He and I did um, we did a comic together a long time ago, and he he illustrated in my very first baby mm -hmm. baby serial fiction job. Um, and I took him to the Michaels up here. He had just moved over from New Jersey. Oh. And was like, looking for something to scratch that itch and i lost him in the pen section because of course i go to michael's and i'm like see ya i'm gonna go touch some yarn there you go yeah goodbye <laughs> <laughs> so i lost him in the pen section we had to frantically text each other to find each other again he's like, where are you and i'm like i went over to the beads where are you he's like i'm i'm looking at at, at gouache <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah, so Michaels, Michaels is some good shit. Yeah, when when Ursula loses me in one of those stores, she just knows eventually I will come back to the pens and pencils and and writing instruments. I can spend mm -hmm. an hour just trying all the different ones out, even if I've been there ten times and tried them all out before. She'll literally have she'll grab me by the arm at back to school time and be like, "No, uh, -uh. <laughs> you do not need a variety pack." Oh, back of... to school time is dangerous. Yeah. 
It's, because there's index cards too. It's the, I love a good index card. It's the rainbow collections of Sharpies that get me. Mm -hmm. Every year, I'm just looking at them and I'm like, I need Sharpies. She's like, no. No, you don't. Come on. Uh-uh. <laughs> You're going to buy all your kids' stuff on Amazon because it will cost you less money. So... <laughs> My writing partner has that Sharpie habit. Mm -hmm. Like, every time she goes to Costco, she has to look oh, to yeah. see if maybe the, the Sharpies are there and if there's a, a particular type she doesn't have yet. Yeah. 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 Office Max is, is dangerous at new pen time for me. It really is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we can yeah, say this is, yeah. this is what writers talk about. And I'm not even a writer. I'm just uh, Ursula says I'm I'm much more of a pen fetishist. Um, oh, well, I mean that's yeah. an honorable evocation. There was probably somebody back in like Sumerian times going, "Look this stylus I got for my tablet, bitches." <laughs> yeah, look at look at look at how well it makes the cuneiform. It's our yeah. It's artisanal by the yeah. Um, it's bespoke. Bespoke. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so. <laughs> oh, don't even get me started about quills, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I got the best quills. I got this goose. Ooh. Oh, oh no, 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 no. No turkey for me. No turkey for me. I plucked this off the robin myself. <laughs> Thrush, Bob. Thrush Bob knows not to come around real good his ass plucked. <laughs> For those of you at, uh, who don't pay attention to my Twitter, Thrush Bob is the hermit thrush that's been returning to our yard now for six years, which is amazing for a hermit thrush. That's a long time. Yeah, and um, every year he shows up and he sits grumpily on the back porch and eats his mealworms all winter long, and then he goes off to do what Thrush Bobs do in the summer, which is, I believe, mostly mate. So, yes, well, yeah. you know. Good for him. Um, yes, so back uh, on topic. To do, oh, sorry, yes. <laughs> no, yes. no, no. no. I, I was about to make some sort of avian porn joke. Let's get back on topic. <laughs> yes. What would you say other than avian porn has been your biggest help? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're going to burn my books in the Bible Belt for sure now. <laughs> 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 I was, yeah, I was talking to my agent last week and i mentioned something like how they were going to burn me in epigene she's like lily if they burned your books you would be ecstatic yeah. you're the only writer i know who's like sure burn them that's great publicity i know right <laughs> uh, so my biggest help hmm for writing or for organization yes all right <laughs> Well, my biggest help in writing has been um, probably a touch of graphomania. I don't feel right mm -hmm. unless I have written that day. And if I go for two days with, without writing, I get a, an itch yeah. under my skin and it's extremely uncomfortable. So to avoid that discomfort, I, I mm -hmm. write. I would do this anyway. Yeah. Um, and just the idea that, that failure is isn't an option that I had no other choice mm -hmm. pushed me to take chances and um, and to take mm -hmm. risks that, that I might not have otherwise. So there's that. Um, in organization, oh, definitely electronics. Oh, definitely yeah. electronics. Um, not so much the internet as everything that it's made possible in ways to think about the world and to, to organize the world. Mm -hmm. um, for example, my, you know, my iPhone, I am, I have drunk the Apple flavor aid. <laughs> I am, I, you know, 
I love Apple because mm-hmm. their products mate with everything. They're so promiscuous. Like you get any printer and and uh, a Windows machine will be like, well, I don't know, but the Apple will be like, yes, come over oh, here. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's 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 worse for me. I'm on Linux, so there's always a little challenge on will this printer work? Ooh. Will this printer not work? But I did find the one thing that Apple will just absolutely seems to want to refuse to work with. Really? Yes. My Android phones. Ah, yes. (laughs) Yes, of course. Yeah, my daughter had an Android phone for, I Mm -hmm. think, about six months before she said, Mom, put me back on the family plan. I can't take this anymore. (laughs) Because, you know, we have the family calendar where the Mm -hmm. kids would put cool things on and uh, get updated everywhere. It sends me notifications. I -hmm. I never leave anybody behind. Not that I would anyway, but... So, so the, that whole ecosystem has just been like a, a big force multiplier. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, it makes it so much easier to just set a reminder and then mm-hmm. forget about it. And, and then I can spend my energy doing other things. I right. don't have to be wandering around going, what did I forget? What did I forget? Mm-hmm. Um, I had a planner in high school, had paper planners in high school, right. and they worked, but I kept mostly everything inside my head. But now that I'm 40 plus, yeah. there's... There's accumulated life experience in there, and I just, I'm tired. I don't want to do that <laughs> I No, I'm, I'm completely there with you. I mean, you know, I just turned 47, and I'm like, you know what? I, I can't jam any more of this stuff in my head. I need to offload it somewhere, whether it's on my phone, whether it's a note-taking app on my laptop, whether it's mm-hmm. in the planner. And each one sort of has its own purpose, and I'll go through and I'll call every so often because it's like, wow, why do I have this written down three different times in three different places? It was not that important. important. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and and it's not just, it's not laziness, although I joke about it being laziness, Mm -hmm. and it's not senescence or senility or, or anything like that. It's more... It's a quality of life thing. This does appreciably make my life better when I don't have to spend the bandwidth on it. Right. No, absolutely. Um, I I learned that early on. There are reasons why, for whatever reason, I can still remember how to do configuration changes in an email product that I was technical support for in 92. Oh, that worked its way into your gray matter, didn't it? Yeah, it did. But And now I can't get rid of it. And mm-hmm. I think that's why I can't find my car keys right now. 80s and 90s pop songs for me. Yeah, there are those two. Those two 70s pop songs. Um, you know, I'm I'm in that later 40s with you, so I believe mm-hmm. we we have that that you know shared catalog in there. Well, for for a, a good portion of that, though, I was living in Britain. Um, I grew oh. up I grew up in Britain. We, we didn't come back to the states until I was a little older. So the the radio pickings were were somewhat different there. <laughs> yes. I don't remember popular music until we came back to the states. It just, it just wasn't around us then. And you'd right. think living on a in an air force base on mm-hmm. an air force mm-hmm. base or you know around that that Americans and rock music go everywhere together. Well, apparently not. Um, apparently, it was mm-hmm. go down to the the shops and get yourself a copy of James Clavell's Shogun because look at that. That is a fat book. That that's a yep. good. That's a lot of page per penny. I was not prepared. <laughs> no, no. Uh, for me, uh, I think it was um, Michener's Space in eighth grade. I was not ready for that. <laughs> you I th- were not thought I was ready for that. 
And wow, yeah. That one was, I'm like, I am, I'm just going to finish this book out of sheer stubbornness and because no one thinks at this point I could actually do it. So fuck them. Yeah. Right. Oh, that was Anne Anne Rand for me. And, uh, God, and the Bible. I finished reading the Bible purely out of spite. Yeah. I mean, they put revelations at the end. What the, lead with that shit. Well, yeah, you have to get through numbers. Numbers is the one that always sort of slows me down. And begat, and begat, Mm. and begat, and begat. And this is how many, how many sheep we had. And this is how many cattle we had. And, oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, if they would have just mixed up the begatting with some Song of Solomon, like, it's a little cross-pollination going in there. I would have been fine reading that. Yeah, yeah, and everyone, and so this is funny, is this, the prior episode, the episode that um, is airing before this one will, I'm yeah. actually interviewing a lovely woman about her ministry for the mentally ill or mentally unstable or non-neurotypical. Oh. But, now that is fascinating. Yeah, and but we we sort of divulged into a whole discussion. We didn't talk specifically about. Well, I think I think we both agreed that Song of Solomon is not about a man's relationship with God. The Baptists hmm. here claim that so, the Song of Solomon is about is is expressing your relationship with God, and I'm thinking, no, that is Hebrew porn right there. That is so well, Hebrew yeah. porn, yeah. I, I well, or it could be a love song to a pagan goddess. Yeah, um, which the Baptists would, of course, frown upon. Oh yeah, but, you know, aren't the Baptists uh, in your neck of the woods? Don't they no dancing? Dancing is sinful. Yeah, yeah, that's why they don't mm-hmm. like sex because it 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 looks too much like dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of Minnesota Lutherans. Uh, now careful on the Lutherans because that's kind of where I am. But that was the Minnesota Lutherans oh. are a different different breed. So not gonna have to work quite as hard to offend you if I make if I make Lutheran jokes. <laughs> I make Lutheran jokes. I mean, you know, <laughs> Ursula says I'm a I'm a lapsed Lutheran at this point. I only believe in uh, casserole and coffee. Oh, yeah, but uh, well, at least yeah. you're not Mormon. We can all agree on that. To all of my Mormon listeners, we are not meaning to offend you. Oh no, this no. is completely tongue in cheek. Yes. Uh, I, I should perhaps explain. Um, my mother converted to to Lutheran. My stepfather was um, a member. His family was from Scandinavian um, oh. Minnesota Lutheran. Don't you know Ufta? Yes. Um, and I spent some time as a religion journalist. Oh. I, I had a yeah, I had a column called God and Consequences, which I really love, and I I would love to go back to doing that, but it began to wear on me. And one of the things oh, yeah. I was fascinated with was uh, Mormonism because mm-hmm. it's a, a homegrown American religion. It really is, yeah, yeah. And and we don't have a lot of those, um, mm-hmm. unless you're talking about indigenous people, right, um, right, who who you know. Yeah. They, they don't they, they're not going to sh- they're not going to share and they they no. and quite right they are not to right but uh mormonism is fascinating yes and i have i have um there are a couple so, of no. people yeah i i certainly am looking forward to interviewing who i believe are mormon so oh. yeah um i don't want to yeah, I, I do i do joke about the the caffeination thing and the you know the this is only um, okay because you bought stock in Pepsi, and uh, you know this was when I was doing uh, religion uh, mm-hmm. journalism. It was when Warren Jeffs and and that whole thing was just beginning to reach some level of national consciousness, and the and the whole polygamy thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and their their little thing. It's 
Oh, yeah. 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 Fascinating, creepy. Creepy is all fuck, but yeah. fascinating stuff. Yeah, and uh, the way the, the LDS, the mainline LDS is like, nope, not part of us. Go, go, go. Yep, not yep. anymore. Yep. Not anymore. Yeah, that was one of the sacrifices that they had to make in order for the, the government, the U.S. government, to yep. uh, to sort of give tacit approval to, to the, uh, the statehood. LDS. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. All right. So, biggest help: electronics and uh, interesting reading. Yeah. Yeah. Not not having the luxury to to stop, or mm -hmm. not having the perceived luxury to stop. One of the thing uh, things that I learned in therapy was that mm -hmm. by my uh, hyper awareness and my my perception that the world was a dangerous place and that I couldn't rest even for a moment because otherwise lions might will eat me. Yes. Not might eat me. Yeah, will might, eat. Yes. Me. I learned that that was not quite the case all the time. Mm -hmm. I've stopped looking for sharks in the carpet. I am. Um, I have had to actively like. I now take my phone because I've been on call, and in various aspects of of my work for years. So I have got that sort mm -hmm. of that that same thing. There has to be a reason for that notification for that alarm going off. And so yeah. when I'm not actually officially on call now, I turn my phone over, and set it to do not disturb, except mm -hmm. for alarms overnight. Because otherwise, every time it dings, I'll be like, oh, got to check. Is that, oh, no, it's nothing. But as long as I'm here, I might as I well. I might as yeah. well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and we'll see how that transitions with my new job, where instead of being a team of a whole bunch of people, it's going to be significantly smaller. And I don't know. And I don't know how all that works out yet. So mm -hmm. if I'll still be able to do that, at least in the short term. Well, the, the crises will probably be larger, but they'll probably be spaced further out because yes. in a smaller group of people, there's not as many other people to to take some of the load. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm finding that the crises are bigger, even if the impact is smaller in small organizations, because mm -hmm. if if you've got 15 servers and one of them goes down that's a big freaking deal in a small company. Mm -hmm. In my case, I think we're managing 4,000 across our team and, and all of our data centers and things. So one or two and you're like, ah, all I, right. One or two and it's like, okay, we, we, you know, it's, this happens, we'll be cool. Except for the poor guy who's like, you know, the one guy who's in charge of that customer on the on the support side who's like, dude, now, now, now. Yeah, I mean, you know, we have, we have... But we have those sorts of scale problems. Oops, we lost a server. It's all failing over to a different box. So let's go figure out what went wrong. Not, oh, God, oh, God, the world is on fire. The server fell over. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's a there's a different scale. And I guess you have to adapt to that. And you have to, there's a, there's, like you said, there the, the lions aren't going to come out of the woodwork and eat me all the time. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of getting used to. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. And, uh my therapist would, would often tell me it's not the amount of stress you're under. Mm -hmm. People tend to seek out a le the level of stress that they can tolerate. So the trick is lowering your tolerance. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, I, I had a stratospheric tolerance for, for stress apparently. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so, so once I started saying, okay, not my circus, not my monkeys, mm -hmm. this makes me tired. I can't do that anymore. Um, once, and once I cut a few drama llamas out of my life, which oh, yeah. was difficult oh, yeah. because as Captain Awkward says, they mm -hmm. do not want to go to greener pastures. Nope. They want to stay here where they can complain about everything. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Once I did that, like 
there was this decompression period where I felt like I'd been torn up from the bottom of the sea and things were bulging in unexpected yeah. places. <laughs> and not in a good way. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm 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 taking about three business days, which is actually five days because it bumps up against the weekend to yeah, decompress weekend, yeah. to, to bridge. Because if I don't, I'm just going to go in all uptight and tense and I, I need to wash some of the old job out of my system before I go to the new one. That's another thing mm -hmm. that, that I think a lot of people don't look at when it comes to organization or writing or making mm -hmm. a living as a creative is that you have to build decompression time into your schedule. Mm -hmm. You absolutely have to. Nobody will do it for you and you need that in order to function effectively. Oh, yeah. Like uh, I finish a book and I'm useless for, you know, I finish mm -hmm. the zero draft of a book and then for at least a week afterward, I, you know, my eyes cross. I can barely go shopping by myself. I will walk into rooms and stand there staring because I've forgotten. I mean, well, that's kind of a daily occurrence, but it yeah. gets worse. You yeah, know. yeah. Um, um, all that energy and effort, uh, and then the massive flywheel inside my head has been focused on this one thing. And then when it's over, that flywheel is still spinning and it needs time to cycle down. Yeah. And if you don't build that time to cycle down and you're going to go from, from tension to tension to tension mm -hmm. and eventually you're going to snap. The human nervous system is not built for Ooh, that bullshit. No. And it's I, built for short-term bullshit. And I have the medicines to prove it's not built for that yes. bullshit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, when, when Ursula uh, finished her first book for the Dragon Breath series, which mm -hmm. was really her first real big push, publish, whatever, um, yeah. I completely, completely unexpected to me, she went into the deep, dark depression. And I'm oh, providing like, yeah. yeah, I was like, this this is the closest you will ever come possibly to postpartum depression because it, it oh, was yeah. very symptomatically the same. Except, uh, you know, three days instead of two years. Um, I've I've mm -hmm. done both. Yeah. Postpartum is is definitely deeper, but it is the same kind. Yeah. It is the the exact same kind. But I'm noticing now that she's done what is it, eleven dragon breaths, and she's just working on the illustrations for the sixth hamster princess now. That hamster it's, princess. I know. She's just like, well, I'm done now. Uh, that, okay, another one out the door, you know, but Wonder Engine, um, and, uh, and Clockwork Boys, those took much longer, because she, in finishing those, which you haven't seen Wonder Engine yet, because it's not out yet, but... No, I haven't. <laughs> but those, those, she takes much longer to recover from, because that mm -hmm. one's much more of a, of an intense thing, like... Now Harriet is a little formulaic and she's got that long tail of drawing 150 illustrations after it mm -hmm. versus where it's just like, yeah, no, I'm banging out a thousand words a day and oh crap, it's done. Now what? Yeah. 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 Learning to game yourself mm -hmm. then learning what your, what your, your body and your psyche need after you've finished a huge creative uh, project is, is absolutely critical. Yep. Um, and it's, it's different for, for everybody. It's different for every artist. It's different for every project yes. because each project, it only teaches you how to do the one that you're doing right now. Right. Um, 
so you can plan for it. You can know how you react. But And, and one of the things I think a, a lot of people don't really understand viscerally is, is that it does take physical, emotional, mental, and, you know, quite possibly um, spiritual energy yeah. to, you know, whatever you know, Sky Fairy you pray to, whatever brand you do, um, you know, that's a deep intrinsic human thing and that's energy and mm -hmm. it's used up in the process of creating these things. Oh, yeah. You have to refill that well. One of the best things I ever did for myself was um, Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way, oh, way, yeah. way back oh, God, in the 90s. I haven't read it, but it's out. supposed to be fantastic, yes. Mm -hmm. it, it was the daily, the morning pages where you mm -hmm. just write three pages longhand um, every morning just to clear the pipes, get all the slush out of your head, which is a really great habit to get into. One I used to put all my writing students through. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my writing students, uh, they, they could tell you a lot about how mean <laughs> and cruel and nasty I am. Oh, my mother was a nursing instructor and she always said uh, they, they need to call me the dragon lady because I'm just not going to like okay then yeah yeah you know mm -hmm. if if you come to me to mm -hmm. to ask me what i know and ask me how to do these things and, and your goal is what you say it is then these are the steps to get there um a lot of people would love to be published but they don't want to do the brute work of writing yeah you know they they love having published having been published but they do not like writing itself or the quality control and numerous steps it takes mm -hmm. to turn it into you know something nice instead of inchoate word vomit yes all the all the revisions and editing and back and oh, forth God. that goes into it yeah copy editing mm -hmm. and proofs and i just finished a proof job that nearly did me in but oh. yeah I, I've I've been handed a manuscript more than once and said okay this is the edited version does it still sound like me because by the time it's she gets it back it's been so long since she's read it she's not sure if that's her voice or, or what so it's like i'm like yeah okay no this is still you dear they didn't mess that up your voice or anything <laughs> uh, mine is slightly different because mm -hmm. you'd have to you have to do serious work to make it not sound like me <laughs> on the page and i am like ah, uh, yeah i yeah. I, I have difficulty expressing it. Like my agent would be sitting over here laughing right now. She's <laughs> the one that has to talk me down to the edge, mm -hmm. from the edge, right? You know, several times, and she's, you know, is this really the hill you want to die on? I'm like, yes. This character says fuck exactly sixty-seven times, and it has to happen this way, <laughs> and this is why. Here's the architecture in that scene. Uh, you know, oh, or copy edits for a copy oh, editor. My God. Like this, this is grammatically correct, and I'm like, yes, it is. This is not how people talk. No, <laughs> and. This is the rhythm of the sentence. I have mm -hmm. a very particular rhythm here, and this is what we're doing. So, stat, goddammit, stat! <laughs> I mean, I love copy editors. They are unsung heroes. Oh, yeah. But, you know, anytime I'm dealing with a copy edit, I am furious. Ask, ask Ursula sometimes about, I mean, I'm sure you've seen the tweets about um, her, the copy edit she does for her self published stuff, uh, uh, KB Spangler who does her copy mm -hmm. edits for that, and the interactions they have. Oh, my God, it's hysterical. <laughs> you know. If you get a good copy editor, mm -hmm. they are worth their weight in gold. Absolutely. Um, a, a bad one echoes. Mm -hmm. um, yes. But, uh, yeah, there's that line between, I am so invested in this book because this is a little piece of me that I'm putting out there, and the, okay, I need to be a professional and, and get out my bitch buckle and yep. my big girl panties and just deal with this. And that line is somewhat hard to discern in some areas. Mm -hmm. 
I can so, and that's part that. of an yep. editor's job is to say honey is this really the hill you want to die on 67 <laughs> bucks is this it are you sure it can't be 66 mm -hmm. no actually now that you've said that it needs to be 68 yeah, <laughs> fuck you. I'm gonna add more fucking. I'm basically Daffy Duck over in the corner, and then my agent starts translating. Well, she says she'll think about it. Now for the that's another thing. Yeah. Like, oh god, surround yourself with people who make it easier for you to function. Yes, absolutely. Who will puncture you in no uncertain terms if you start doing your your. Donald Duck in the corner, and who will also say, no, you're right, that is excessive. Mm -hmm. I can see your point, dear. Yes, yes. absolutely. <laughs> Finding those people that you can trust is the biggest gift you can give your career. Yes. Or or just, in a lot of ways, just uh, anything you do. Mm -hmm. right, you know. And in order to find those people, you've got to be one of them, mm -hmm. which includes having clear boundaries for yourself. Yes. Knowing, knowing when to say when, knowing when to step back, the, mm -hmm. they're har it's hard to learn. It's not easy, but once you do, it's that's a skill set that is just absolutely amazing to have. Mm -hmm. um, all right, how about a fun we question? Got way off topic. No, it all, it all, it, we could probably noodle forever. We could. Um, so now I'm going to have to make an excuse to go back to the Pacific Northwest just to visit my friend Tina and hang out with you and Case and <laughs> Shannon and all the cool people I know in the Pacific Northwest, so. Well, except we rarely ever leave our houses, so if you do come over here, it will probably be the weekend that we're all out somewhere. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely how it works. Forgive me coughing. That's, that's, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. So I have a fun question now. Ooh, fun. Yes. How do you reward yourself? Oh, let me count the ways. <laughs> Let me count the ways. Um, there's my to-be-read pile. I, I get a charge off of buying new books. I love going <laughs> to bookstores. So, like, buying a book. And um, and sometimes when I buy a book to reward myself, mm -hmm. I'll have them gift wrap it for me, and then I'll act surprised oh, when it comes up at my door. That's luxury right there. That, oh, yeah. That, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. I love doing that like the three bucks for for them to do gift wrapping mm -hmm. or however much it is sometimes i'm like fuck it i deserve it and it shows up on my door and i'm like who could have sent me this <laughs> i have a secret admirer how did you know i liked this oh, thank you so much um running 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 i love running mm -hmm. i hated sports all through school with an intense fiery passion that you can still see pouring out of my eyes i can yes I it's, yes. it's it's a little there's there's flames you, you need to be careful around the plant behind you yeah 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 well it's kind of used to <laughs> i know it's an airplane plant you can't kill that if you try oh, right okay yeah <laughs> i i can't kill plants even if i try people bring me plants to rehabilitate and i cannot kill them cats the cats can kill them well yeah i can't um I'm not allowed to oh, have um, wandering Jew plants anymore because apparently I killed them all and I feel really bad and like that that's a racist thing and I haven't figured it out yet so no those are, those are really hard to I salute you sir those are those are some hardy hardy yeah. plants I, I love them but I can't seem to keep one alive to save my life and I, I feel like oh god is there something I need to worry about in, in my, my subconscious so <laughs> no no you probably just water them too much Probably. 
<laughs> that would not surprise me in the least. I spoil the chickens. I spoil the dogs. I spoil the cats. I would probably think I was spoiling the pl the plant and kill it. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't do that. You've got to you've got to make those motherfucking plants work for it. Gotcha. They like it when they have to stretch. Except for African violets, those finicky little fuckers. Oh god, yeah. Yeah. So what other rewards? Um, oh, oh, I running, I hated yeah. sports. Right. I hated sports. <laughs> um, but I bought myself a treadmill and I started running and there's a, a whole, there's this blog post that I did about shopping for a sports brassiere that is still hilarious even after all these years because anytime I go into Victoria's Secret, it's going to end with me being tased. That's so awesome. <laughs> I see you pause there. It's only slightly hyperbole. I no, know I'm, I, I, was, I was thinking about like every time we go into a Victoria's Secret trying to find something in Ursula's size, which apparently they just don't stock. Yeah, why do that to yourself? Yeah, she's she found a better place. So yes, good, yeah. mm -hmm. good. Yeah. That sounds dire. Well, she found a better place. That's right. They stock in in real women sizes, not skinny women with big boobs. So yeah, there's there's you know, mm -hmm. college college nymphettes are all they do there. Yeah, kinda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just I, I tend to break out in hives whenever I walk past there because of the perfume. There's something mm. in there. I mean, I love Bath and Body Works. I love Body Shop, but I walk past a Victoria's Secret and little red macules start coming up wow. on my skin. Yeah. yeah, it could be the pink. Could I'm be. thinking it's the perfume though. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, so, oh, and to reward myself, I I eat. I love to eat. That's partly why I run so mm. that I can eat. Yes. Um, I knit, mm -hmm. um, but the most luxurious reward of all is I allow myself, I take the dogs out mm -hmm. um, in the morning at around six, and then if if I have been a very good girl and finished a book, <laughs> I go back into my bedroom, I take the dogs with me, because mm -hmm. if they're on the other side of the door, all hell will break oh, loose. God, I know that feeling. And I go back to bed. <laughs> Oh, and it's glorious. That's, it's that is, oh, that's, ever. Yes. And my Australian shepherd, like, mm. she, she puts her nose in my ear. And then, of course, the bulldog gets on the bed. And there's a half an hour of him settling. Yeah. And by the time he finishes, I get maybe 15 minutes of a nap. And then I just have to get up. Mm -hmm. But and, and he's out, of course, for the rest of the morning. So oh, it's yeah. really a gift that I give to him. I let him sleep <laughs> on my bed a little bit. But, right. Oh, that stolen time! Just the sheer act of going back to bed. Just you know, when you when you've grown up in in like a, a guilty Protestant work ethic, yeah, mm -hmm. country. Oh, going back to bed is the best thing ever. <laughs> I mean, chocolate comes really close. Good, good chocolate. Oh, yeah. oh going back to bed—that that is... is a reward. No, I'm 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 kind of with you on that one, and I I miss. There was a a, a period where I was unemployed. Mm -hmm. And I would have to take the kids to school in the morning when it was my turn to have the kids, because um, mm -hmm. I had joint custody. I have joint custody with my ex-wife, but I was unemployed, so I could take the kids to the bus. I could come and home, go back, go back to bed for a couple hours. Yeah, yeah. And... Oh yeah, but it's it's really best mm -hmm. when I have another project lined up and I finish one, mm -hmm. and I know that I'm stealing time from the next project. Oh, okay. It's when it's forbidden that it's the best. <laughs> All right, now for the hard question. Ooh. The hard question. Um, so what about when you fail or when you miss? Oh, that's a, fa that's a fact of life. Okay. That's, mm -hmm. like, I fail every single day. Right. You know, I, 
you know, get used to it. Just there are two things that I never heard mm-hmm. growing up, right? Um, from from my caregivers, and those two things were, "I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I was wrong." Those are two things I never heard. So, when I had children, mm-hmm. I decided that those would be two things that I would say. Yep. And let me tell you, especially when they were toddlers, mm-hmm. not a day went by that I didn't have to say, "Oh, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Let's mm-hmm. try that again." Or, yeah. you know, I, you know, I thought about it and I didn't do that right. I didn't answer that question correctly. Let's mm-hmm. do that again. Or, you know, Mom needs a timeout. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna set the timer. Mommy needs a timeout. <laughs> so, you know, and the thing of it is once you get comfortable with that that mm-hmm. you know that failure of, of not doing it right the first time when there's mm-hmm. that intense parental pressure to succeed right um, the world didn't end nothing happened uh, as a matter of fact that the kids liked it mm-hmm. because that gave them the freedom to go oh whoops I was wrong do it again instead of oh no right and so failure absolutely inevitable mm-hmm. if you're not failing somewhere some way you're probably not pushing yourself kind of like if you read something that you wrote six months ago and you don't go oh oh ouch oh ouch okay let me just fix that you're probably not growing as a writer so um i I say this a lot and i get a lot of flack for it but um you know failure Mm -hmm. just there's something else around the corner Um, there always is yeah there's um there's the tech attitude about fail fast and go on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I don't know if you read Schlock Mercenary by Howard Taylor. Um, uh-uh. No, I haven't. But um, he, Oh, it's amazing. It's worth sitting down and reading all 17 years worth. Damn. Uh, yes. Every, all right, then. Yeah, I can't wait to get Howard on the show. I'm working on it. Um, but he has the maxims of... Uh, the 70 maxims of maximally effective mercenaries. Right, I have the I have one of the challenge. I have several challenge coins from it. One of them. Do they include stab them with the pointy end? Please tell me they do. Uh, I would have to double check. I know that one of them is that um, the produce produce from the mess hall should should not be in, indistinguishable from friendly fire. Um, ah, yeah, that's very wise. Um, they also he also made a not my circus, not my monkeys. Not my challenge. circus, not yep. my monkeys. Yep. And the two most valuable things my best friend ever said to me. Mm-hmm. But um, so maxim 70 of the of all the, the maxims in there is failure is not an option. It is mandatory. The option is whether or not to let failure be the last thing you do. Yeah. And that's well, like and the deepest thing that hit me last year. A gift. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, I meant the, the gift. I'm, I'm agreeing with you on the gift. Yeah. Failure oh, is oh, a gift. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Failure is absolutely a gift. I failed at both my marriages. I got great kids out of them. I mean, I love my kids. Right. And failing at them saved me from staying in relationships that were not healthy for me or the other person. Yeah. You know, failure there absolutely saved years of my life and, mm-hmm. and took took years off my nerves. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, there there have been projects that I, I really, really wanted to have happen in a certain way, and they mm-hmm. didn't, and something else happened later, and actually that was all right, or mm-hmm. it wasn't optimal, but at least the work is out there, or it mm-hmm. freed up my time for other things, or, you know, I've, I've 
failed with with groups um Mm -hmm. things and like the group comes together for a certain amount of time it does what it does and then emotional agendas tend to pull any group apart yes yeah which is why i don't do writers groups or anything like that anymore so many writers i know are just like i don't play well with others like that's why ursula hates like world of warcraft she's like i can't stand it because i have to play with other people Oh, they've they've actually changed some of the scaling mechanics. So, yeah, never mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I'm not going to talk about that because really, I I should be working. No, um, I've quit WoW several times. Generally, after listening to trade chat for a while, or mm-hmm. having to be in a dungeon group, and some of the trash that comes out of you know yeah. bigoted, misogynist gamers' mouths. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do end up going back when they add something like you can mute the the trade channel or yeah. you know you can re- you can report people and things actually happen mm-hmm. if you report them language or whatever. Um, but yeah, I I think a lot of writers. It's not that they don't play well with others; mm-hmm. it's that they're acutely conscious of other people's emotional agendas because that's what, as a writer, you're dealing with all right. the time. And when when people come along with with toxic Mm -hmm. emotional agendas or even if there are two people with differing agendas and together they make a voltron more than the sum of its parts of toxicity (laughs) yes you can take them separately but when their powers combine when you get them together it's it's yeah (laughs) yeah and that happens a lot in groups Mm -hmm. uh, especially writing groups because this isn't just you know this is this is parts of people's lives that they're putting out there Mm -hmm. and and especially when a lot of newbie writers commit the cardinal sin of only writing one thing and then flogging that one thing for years and years and years and years. Yeah. Don't do that. Finish it. Move on. Yep. Your first three books are more than likely going to be crap. You can dig them up later if they're not. Mm-hmm. Finish. Move on. Yep. It was... I have strong feelings about this, as you can tell. Yeah, no, it was Case who was saying the best advice she ever received was finish the book. Yes. Yeah. Finish it. Finish it. Finish it. That's great. Mm-hmm. I look forward to you finishing it. Mm-hmm. That's great. Finish the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second best piece of, of advice was, uh, you know, I know you love this phrase. Um, I know you you love this sentence. I know you love this character viewpoint, mm-hmm. but it has to die. <laughs> and that sound that you heard in the background yeah. is all my writing students going, oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. That is really hard to hear. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not a lot of people are prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so when there's all this emotional agenda and stuff going on, yeah. the writers who are intensely, intensely aware of that, it exhausts you. It exhausts you, and you can't fucking deal with that. There's no reason why you should. So a lot of writers, it's not that they don't play well with others, because mm-hmm. some of them play extremely well. Yeah. Um, it's just that groups really don't go the way you want them mm-hmm. to unless somebody who takes no bullshit is in charge yeah yeah so so cool um that's all my questions oh so yeah no this is this has been a fun hour i gotta say this has been a fun hour has Um, it been an hour uh, that's what the little timer on my recording says so well you can you can edit out lots of me staring into the distance and going um uh uh well (laughs) Well, if I'm going to leave in the bit where I fucked up your name at the very beginning, I'm going to leave in all of those. <laughs> Don't so. feel bad about that. Everybody does. Everybody does. I have been called so many things. Like, my favorite is Lilith. Lilith? Really? 
Lilith. Oh my God. Yes, Lilith. And then people who spell Lily with two L's and a Y. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can see that. That I, would be I frustrating. That I forgive them. Yeah. I forgive them. I really do. But every time I look at that, I'm kind of like, mm. Mm. oh, okay. That kind of hurts a little. Flashback to high school. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm sure you have something coming out and or you've got something that just came out or something to that people should go oh, look at. Oh, the shillining portion. Yes, I'm the really bad at the shillining portion. That's I'm... all right. So is Ursula. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the, uh, let's see. I just released a novella called uh, Beast of Wonder. It's 20,000 words. It's one of the weirdest things that's ever fallen out of my head um, in, in a while. One of those stories that scratches and claws um, to be bitten. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I'm really excited about mm -hmm. is After War. And After War is coming out in May. It is my biggest project to date. And it is... Oh, how did the legal people tell me to phrase it? <laughs> it's, it's somewhat alternate history inspired by some recent events. Uh... Um, basically, America has a second civil war and the book happens... Mm just prior to and after the surrender is signed Ooh. so i'm not giving anything away by saying that no i like that and so that gives me an activity code for the people to use with the little badges that i give out for listeners so i'm gonna Hello, use badge people after war that is a good one yeah there. so it's it's coming out in may and mm -hmm. it is it was the hardest book i've ever written and it was um also i mean because it's it, it's a massive project it's right. much larger than some of it, like cast of, of characters and and complexity wise mm -hmm. and it was also the book that i was orphaned um like basically had three editors oh. and everything that could go wrong did go wrong with this book like multiple years like over a decade in publishing i've seen every possible way something can go wrong and it <laughs> all happened on this book too <laughs> like generally that the failure like systemic mm -hmm. failures they're they're like they're all over in a project and there's tiny little bits of failure mm -hmm, mm -hmm. be like all right there's there's a certain, there's x amount of failure that's going to happen with anything yep. this was through the roof there was like literally everything that could go wrong did on this book so if if it comes out that in itself is a victory <laughs> <laughs> i'm at the point where i'm like if the printers do not catch fire and burn and sink into the sea i am going to count this one a win if all i get is a box of author's copies and the ship from china with the rest of them sh sinks that's that's a win that, that's yeah, a, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. That will be more than I expect. <laughs> that will be absolutely perfect. I will be thanking my many gods. I think when, because um, Nurk, Ursula's first book, mass market book, mm -hmm. was abandoned um, twice, three times at the publisher. Oh, that's so hard. Yeah, well, but, you know, one of the editors that had left that publishing house is now her editor for the dragon breath and the hamster princess stuff yeah, so it worked out it's such an incestuous little business I and, know. and people move sideways in it all the time and this is why you don't want to be an asshole at cons and why i keep telling people the hard sell does not work mm -hmm. do not use the hard sell don't ever do it because the person that you are an asshole to mm -hmm. in the elevator at one con will end up owning a publishing company that you want to get in on the ground floor of later it's inevitable it oh. will happen just 
Don't do it. And and because I associate with older fans or longtime fans uh, as part of the Dorsire regulars, um, mm-hmm. I get the stories of all the assholes from the moment basically the Dorsire were were incepted all the way up to now. Oh, you have some good shit. You have blackmail material sitting in your head, sir. Uh, except many of the people, many of the authors involved are now dead. Oh, well, it worked then, right? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <clears throat> so, is there anything you would like me to say? Anything you would like me to do? Um, at, at the end here? I mean, nobody ever asks you what you want, <laughs> I'm just so thrilled to be able to have this conversation and to talk to you and kibitz for like an hour and then share it Flattery with you everywhere sir. the whole world um because i i love having these conversations i love sharing them so um what i usually say at this point is thank you so much you've done me a thank great you. honor by 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 doing this and uh you know it's it's been absolutely fantastic well, I am honored to have been asked. Thank you for making this as easy as possible. And thank you for not caring that I'm, you know, high on cold meds and my, my throat is not quite I, working the way it should. Let he who has never been high on cold meds in a public speaking situation <laughs> throw the first stone. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Right. Yeah, when you live in snot-covered glass houses, it's best not to, to throw missiles. Absolutely. Thank you, Lily. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, sir. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing that conversation as I had having it. Lilith is so much fun to talk to, and we had such a great time. So our badge code this week, and for those who don't know, we issue open badges. That is the Mozilla Open Badge Standard, and you can find out more about open badges at um, all kinds of places. Just Google it, but basically you can earn badges by listening, and we give out an activity code that you can enter on productivityalchemy.com to claim those badges. And this week's badge code is After War, A F T E R W A R, all caps, in honor of Lilith's upcoming book. Thinking of upcoming, I'm really excited about February. This is the first of a whole bunch of really great interviews. I've got Kevin Hearn, I've got Cassandra Kaw, who was great to talk to. I've got Chuck Wendig. All of these are, are coming up in the next month. I hope you really enjoy it. I will be starting my new job, oh, um, I guess on release day. So now, while you're listening to this, I'm at my new job. And hopefully it is absolutely wonderful. We'll have an update on that next week. We will also have your letters next week, as well as an update from our Wombat test subject, on how the tour went. All things being equal, I think that covers everything. Oh, wait, we have a coffee page, Kofi, that you can uh, find on the productivityalchemy.com site. You can also support us on 
Patreon, uh, Ursula V on Patreon. And wow, I am just sort of, I'm still gobsmacked that I get to talk to these great people. It's, it's really fun to, to do this. And I want to thank everybody out there who's listening for giving me the ability to do this and for being so supportive, not just financially, but with retweets, with comments on Twitter and all of that stuff. You guys are just fantastic. And so I'm going to call it a wrap. We will see you next week with your comments and letters. Don't forget that you have just like, I think, uh, a couple days, like one day left to enter the contest for planner pages from Lydian. So you should go check out that episode and uh, enter by commenting on it saying, hey, I want free planner pages. And so that's everything. And we will talk to you next week. Y'all stay productive.